of the tribe insults. The Sunshine Patriot in a crisis shrinks from the service of their country. The winter is coming. Did you hear the call? Winter is coming, and we know what is coming with it. No matter your thoughts or convictions, you must be prepared for the hardships that come with the winter. No matter your current position on the journey, stay a while. This is where you can find the tools and the fire to continue on your path. Join Odin and Tyr and answer Winter's Call. Welcome to the Winter Calls podcast. With me, Odin. And me, Tyr. So, this is our inaugural episode. Are you excited nervous? Yeah, I'm a little nervous. Did you hear that intro? We have to live up to that, you know. Right. <laughs> it's like, okay, let's just start out with an automatically just badass intro, and then I've got to follow it up. I was not prepared for that. I can add voice effects to all of our podcasts, but it's going to take a lot of computing power. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. Oh. So, anyhow... So, welcome to the inaugural episode of Winter's Call. So, we decided that we were going to do a podcast because we wanted to get the word out in a different way than which we had always done. The definition of insane is to do the same thing over and over and over again and expect a different result. On some of the social media platforms that we were on, we would get banned, censored, muted, and we'd create another account and do the same thing over and over and over again. We were reaching the same people. We're reaching the same audience with the same message, and we're expecting a different result. So here we are, trying a different way. (laughs) Exercise and futility on that with some of those, but one of the other reasons is you and I both have a problem. You and I are both loquacious. We need more than 60 seconds or 120 characters to get our point across. Fair. I'll give you that. Because the topics – well, the topics we discuss are – so much more in-depth than that. You can't just tweet a, a response or hope that a, a minute-long TikTok is going to, to cover it. Uh, fair, fair. Uh, you know, we, I spend a lot of hours when I do TikToks to sit here and try and break down six hours worth of research I've done into the most three minutes. And it's like, oh, and nobody ever watches the three-minute ones. You know they don't. They're like, okay, it's too long. I'm going to the next one. <laughs> Well, and, and how many times have you and I both done where we've done like multiple segments of three minutes and then realized that people listen to them out of order? <laughs> yeah. You're like, no wonder you think I'm crazy. You only heard like the last part of it, which is the conclusion. And then you hear the other two parts. You're like, wait, is this dude just retarded? Right, right. <laughs> It's like, wait, you're you're missing steps. Well, yeah, look, I have tried to put them in order. I even put little tags in the descriptions, part one, part two, part three. But it comes across your FYP or it comes across your following page, part four, and nobody reads the part four. They're like, this dude is crazy. No, I'm not crazy. You're just not reading him in the proper order. <laughs> well, I might be crazy. Who knows? Well, I mean, it's but the other problem that we run into a lot is the fact that someone can get upset. At what we say. Right. Doesn't matter if we're wrong. Doesn't matter if we're right. Doesn't matter if we did anything wrong. Uh, It's a perceived. Perceived wrong. That we've done to someone. 
or we just offended someone even on our own side and and you get mass reported because people care more about their ego and their personal gratification their sense of power because their well-being has been wrapped up in their follow count yeah uh we have asked ourselves we have asked our friends is the message more important than your follower count and if it's not then you need to reconsider what type of content that you're doing on TikTok. If you want lots of followers, like I make videos that are really, really in-depth and have a lot of research. I could make 50 TikToks a day of doing stupid dances and duets with, you know, blind reacts and stuff to get followers. But the message is more important than the follower account. Odin, if I ever see you doing the, you know, the sun goes down on my side of town dance, I swear, we're just what? done. <laughs> I don't even know what that is, so. We're going to have to put you back on TikTok, it's okay. No, I don't want to go back on TikTok. <laughs> don't well, you know, threaten me of... with a good time, mister. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. Well, you know, interesting though, that segues really kind of into something because you just asked, you know, is the message more important than the follower count? How many people do we know that say, yes, the message matters more than the follower count until they start losing followers? Well, you know, we named our podcast Winter's Call and because we understand that the difference between a summertime patriot and a winter soldier and it's the call to be a winter soldier to step up to the plate really to gather your tools gather your fire and your motivation and walk into battle knowing that you're going to get your ass kicked because the world just is not ready for winter soldiers and People like the term Winter Soldier over Summertime Patriot once they are once they figure out what the term actually means. Oh, I can't believe the amount of ignorance with some of those. But anyhow, so... <laughs> well, think about it this way, though. It's like, especially when you realize where that comes from. Most people think that we get it from... We, we've gotten the statement from, what, Captain America or Marvel or something like that. It's like, no. Uh, it, while that's a, a very common commonly used character or colloquialism, it, it actually comes from Washington at Valley Forge. Yeah, it was in uh, Thomas Paine's American Crisis. Uh, the intro to our podcast, these are the times to try men's souls, right? The summertime mm -hmm. patriot fades away. The opposite of that is the winter soldier. That is George Washington. Uh, that is the ones that stayed. Yeah. The ones that stayed at Valley Forge. Not knowing, they went, now think about it, they went in ill-equipped, underprepared, to fight the largest superpower that existed on the planet <laughs> at that time, with no promise of being fed, no promise of being paid. When they signed the Declaration of Independence, the last line, we pledge our lives, our fortune, and our sacred honor. They meant it. They knew. And history has shown that most of them suffered significantly. But when you look at American society now, when you look at the people who claim to be patriots, how many of them do you think fall into that category of 
hey, I'm, uh, I'm going to lose my home. I'm going to lose my life, my livelihood. We have people right now who are folding under to take the vaccine because they don't want to lose their comfortable lifestyle. Well, before we get too deep into that, uh, Odin, tell me, what is your definition of patriot? My definition of patriotism is a patriot is someone who stands for the rights and the liberties of the world's smallest minority, the individual, which means that I will stand and fight for your right to say something I absolutely disagree with because I believe that the freedom of speech is important. Even if I disagree with you, I believe that the term patriot is someone who stands up for people that they disagree with simply because they're guaranteed those rights, not by, not by their government, but by the divine creator. That government can't tell me what I can and cannot do because they didn't grant me those rights. God did. And you know, my definition's a little different, I think, in some regards. I mean, along the same vein, but just slightly different. Uh, I, I have a more classical definition of, of patriot, and that's having pride in one's country and, and the principles for which it stands. So I, it's a little bit different, well, but no, mine, on the same vein. Yeah, I was say, same, same vein. But I think one of the things that people forget so often when it comes to stuff like this is that you know, they want to talk about the Bill of Rights, they want to talk about the Constitution, but how many of these people actually realize that those are negative rights? Yeah, um, the, the original 10, uh, <coughs> the Bill of Rights is a list of negative rights. It does not tell you what, you what you can and cannot do. It tells the government what it's not allowed to do. Period. End of story. It does not care. It does not, it, it, it doesn't, uh, uh, that is a terrible brain fart. <laughs> <laughs> it happens to the best of us. Maybe we need to lose another eye for some more poetry. Right. But look, on the, <laughs> Odin, I think a word you're looking for is it, it doesn't tell you what you can and can't do. It's what the government can never do, a line that it can never cross, an ability it never has. It cannot facilitate tyranny under the Constitution. Right. The Constitution, the way it was written, was to, to act as a governor uh, in car terms or to act as a restraint because the Founding Fathers understood as they looked through history that every time that government is allowed to gain power, tyranny grows. It is the inevitable decline of America, of civilization that once it has a government, it will become tyrannical. It's just a matter of time. And the Constitution was put in place to slow that eventual decline. Well, one way to look at it is it's not, it's not that government is inherently evil. Government like religion, like socialism, like just about anything else that is wonderful on paper has a problem. When you add humans 
<laughs> you add the human nature into it, it corrupts everything it touches. Right. Power corrupts and Greed. absolute power corrupts absolutely. There you go. So how do you uh, how do you use that to define a summertime patriot versus a winter soldier? Oh, I I don't know if that concept necessarily goes with a summertime patriot, but uh, you know, a summertime patriot is somebody who sits here wants to wave the red flag, light up fireworks on the 4th of July, scream that they bleed red, white and blue. But when the cost of what freedom is, eternal vigilance, the willingness to sacrifice their lives their fortune and their sacred honor they put those in that order for a reason their sacred honor was paramount to them their reputation they put all of that on the line to be called terrorists or extremists or you know uh rebel right all of those things all of those insurrectionist yeah, well, I wasn't gonna go quite there. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, you know me. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna mince words about it. But they, so it's basically they lack the, the principle. They no, I don't even think they lack the principle. I think when things are easy, they mean exactly what they say. It is the point in which, see, America, unique is unique in the way that because America has been blessed has been uh, protected by its geography, by its military. The right and the left, all Americans live inside of American bubble. That they haven't traveled outside of the country, or they haven't seen what real hardships and real persecutions and all of these, you know, the evil stuff that goes on in the rest of the world. They're protected from it. So they believe that they are true blue patriots that they're going to stand and live and die for everything that is america or whatever their you know their cause is but they've never they've never experienced war they've never seen the poverty that exists in other countries they, they've never seen people lose their hands for theft they've never seen women get acid thrown in their face simply because they didn't dress a certain way or they didn't give the proper respect to another individual and yet they will sit here and yeah i'm gonna live for america okay so now that that persecution is knocking at the door now that tyranny is here tyranny has arrived what are you gonna do about it oh well, most of them don't realize most of them don't realize though think about it it's been insidious well, it has been. We've given up <laughs> little things here and there, here and there, because we didn't want to rock the boat. We didn't want to be that person. We did not want to cause drama. We didn't want to say the hard thing. We forgot that America was built on individuals, on winter soldiers that rolled their sleeves up at the cost of everything. They had nothing to lose, but everything to gain. And it's a cycle. You know, hard men create good times. Good times create soft men. Soft men create bad times. Bad times create hard men. It is a cycle that you can see all throughout history. And right now we're at that bad times starting to pick up. So I'm hoping that we see hard men. Unfortunately, I think at this point, somebody put bubble wrap on that wheel. And as it runs over and crushes the people underneath that wheel... 
they don't know that they've been crushed. Like, it's been padded from them. Well, it's like cooking a frog in a pot. If, if you just drop a frog into a boiling pot of water, they're going to jump right out. But if you put a frog in a cold pot of water and you slowly turn up the heat, the frog will end up dying because it doesn't realize that it should be uncomfortable. Right. It is the same, you know, there are many colloquialisms that we can use like uh, death by a thousand paper cuts, right? One paper cut, it stings, right? You know, it's, it's a mild annoyance, but it's not going to kill you. Right, and then a thousand paper cuts later, and you're bleeding profusely from every part of your body, and it's too late at that point. Well, I think it really could boil down to something uh, that all of us have been guilty of this at one point or another, where we've become complacent, or we we've been lulled into a false sense of security, and it's like that quote from from Ben Franklin. That those who would give up essential liberty to purchase a little temporary safety deserve neither liberty nor safety. Right. We've done that progressively for, what, the last 50, 60 years? But it's become exponentially faster in the last 20? Yeah. I mean, if you sit here, people love to sit here and go, hey, yo, it's the Patriot Act's fault. That was the beginning of tyranny. No, 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 no. Tyranny has been... For a long time, you can go back to the court cases that, you know, during World War II, where they justified uh, interning Asian Americans simply because they were Asian. You can go man, back. Man has nothing to fear for the future, except he forgets where he's been in the past, for therefore he's damned to repeat it. You would think we would have learned. From the Japanese internment camps. You would think we would have learned from other kinds of internment camps from a rather disgruntled German artist. But no. Now we're talking about doing camps for people who don't want to take a vaccine. What are you talking about? Australia has already set up camps. And do you know how you know that this is about control and not about health? The camps that they're building, they have a projected end date of 2024. That's when they'll be done building them. 2024, which means that the government in Australia, at least, is prepared. Look, the United States is a little farther along that tyranny line in some respects. They've had FEMA camps for decades, so I mean, <laughs> they're already prepared. They don't they don't need a built by, but you know, they it's about control. They literally have said our camps won't be done until 2024. Well, what makes you think that you will need them? Oh, we will need them. We call, in Australia right now, they have, they are so restricted to their house that if they suspect that you're not towing the line, and they have ways, we have ways of making you comply, they... Well, they got that facial recognition app that requires you to actually check in. I mean, how long do you think until that happens here? They it, have it's phone not calls. that far. If they call you, they send you a signal. At random times throughout the day and night that you have 15 minutes to comply. If you don't comply in 15 minutes with a photo with a picture of you where you're supposed to be, they're going to come and get you. Excuse me? <laughs> well, I, okay, before anybody says, and I know that some people are going, oh, Odin, Tear, you're just dramatizing things here. You're just making it more than it should be. 
All right, we're talking about Australia, right? We're talking about another country. Surely to God that would never happen here. Well, I'm sorry. Have you not realized that we have people that – a gentleman that was arrested for January 6th, regardless of our own personal feelings on whether or not that should have happened or not, but he was arrested. Then he was put out on probation, and then he was rearrested because he watched what they considered a conspiracy theory because he watched – Wendell's um, security, election security symposium. Right. And they arrested him, threw him back in jail. <laughs> for watching yep. a publicly televised program. Yep. We're already here. Think about it. There, we're at a point where you can't go to church. You can't go to small businesses, can't go to the gym, can't have get-togethers, can't go to a Trump rally because that's just a super spreader event. And not to make it political, but at the same time, we've got how many people out in the streets burning, rioting, and looting all year last year? No wonder so many people are like, you know, this is, this is not – I'm not saying that COVID is a hoax, but it's not as serious as they're pushing it. If they were, let's be honest. If COVID was really as bad as they claimed it was, and the vaccine was effective as they claimed it was, then there wouldn't be an exemption for Congress or for actors or for the USPS or for all of these. There wouldn't be exemptions because they would be the number one people that would have it. Oh, but Odin, we're running out of, we're running out of space in our hospitals. But they're, they're at capacity. Oh, please. You know as well as I do that if they weren't firing people for not becoming vaccinated, that there wouldn't be an overdose. They they report, they find one hospital. You know what? Guess what? In Chicago, 300 children have been killed. You want to know why their hospitals are overloaded? And it ain't COVID unless COVID comes in a lead capsule form. I'm just saying. Well, you know, take that as you may. But what's interesting to me, uh, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but what kind of you know pseudo intellectual picking asinine bullshit? And I'm just going to call it as it is. And I'm sorry. No, I'm not. We let these people, these frontline workers, these heroes that we lauded for over a year, work on the front lines. Without a vaccine, and that was fine, they were heroes, but the second they decide not to take a vaccine that has not been approved, suddenly they're evil. Suddenly we have to terminate them. Suddenly. Look, I have my own opinions on nurses, and it's not a very popular opinion, but they were the enemy last year, too. They were just the useful idiots used by those in control. Stay at home. Stay at home. Wear a mask. Conform. Do what you're supposed to do. Wash your hands. And yet, we're going to make TikTok videos. Even though we're so overcrowded, we're going to make TikTok videos of dancing with props and all of these things all throughout the hospitals. But you, you need to stay at home. Oh, well, we wear the mask. Please. Please. Don't lie to me. That's not even that's not even a proper mask. Let's be honest here. I know I'm not a medical professional, but I have worked with hazardous materials. I know what you're supposed to wear. And I'm looking at that mask. I'm like, dude, you can't even paint a room and expect those particulates not to come in through that mask. Exactly. 
But if this was such a deadly virus, why are they saying, oh, you can just tie a bandana or a handkerchief. You can get grandma to knit you a mask and it'll be perfectly fine. That's not how that works. Yeah. It, it's not. Exactly. But somehow we've lulled people. What we've done is we've given them fear. Because racism wasn't cutting it anymore. Because people started calling Black Lives Matter and every one of those other groups out on their, on their bullshit and their rhetoric. That's what we did. We started calling them out on it. We started waking up and going, wait a minute. You know, racism was basically dead until you all started dragging it back up again. And they found out, well, you can't fabricate that. So what can you do? What, what is your next best governing tool? Wow. Well, if you can't have love and you can't have anger, then what's next? <laughs> Fear. Now, we had mentioned a <coughs> 1930s failed German artist. There was there were fear experiments done, and in those fear experiments, they realized that you could change the thinking of an entire population if you expose them to high levels of fear for two months. Two months. The United States has been under something is going to get you, and whenever COVID cases start to drop and it's not the front page news, then it's killer wasps. Or murder, murder hornets, is it? It's murder hornets or Okay, did you see injustice. the size of those things? Look, <laughs> they exist around the world just because they're new to the United States. Dude, I live, I live in Florida, all right? And I have killer bees. So I want to see them exterminate each other. I'm just going to be honest with you. I I pay I pay per view for that. All right, introduce some murder hornets here, and we'll put them up against the killer bees, and whoever loses get or whoever wins gets the uh, bomb. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, think about it though that that fear. It's it's the first time that a global psyop, for lack of a better term, has been done. Think about it. They are literally able to control most of the modern world through fear of a disease, a pandemic that has a less than 1% mortality rate Well, in the world. 3%. <laughs> it's closer to 3% in the United States. Okay, so I'll give you that. But on the same note, you don't take into consideration that maybe, just maybe, if we didn't feed, I mean, look at me, um, far be it for me to say that anybody should eat less or, or do less when I've wrapped my own muscles in a downy comforter of their own, but most of these are caused by comorbidities. And how many, you know, last year, last August, August of 2020, we found out how many of those cases that were listed as deaths for COVID. Or had other underlying factors and they had 96%. 96% of the reported cases. Here are the numbers. Here are the numbers that our listeners need to understand. Here are the numbers. 99.9 and 1. Those are the two numbers. You have a 1% chance of contracting COVID in the United States right now. 1% to catch it. Of that 1% that catch it. All of the 1% that catch it, say 30 million people. I know that's 10%, but say 30 million people catch it, right? 
99.9% of them will survive. If you're over the age of 65, that number drops to 99.8. Chance of survival. Does it suck? Yes. Is it, you know, does it suck to get sick? Yes, it sucks to get sick. But 99.9% will make it through. And this oh, and think- is why we destroyed our economy. This is why we shut down. This is why people are going to starve in the coming months. Odin, I think it's safe to say that you and I have always been a bit skeptical when it comes to any kind of governmental control, oversight, or anything like that. We've always been a cynic, so to speak. (laughs) But I think that it became abundantly clear. I know to me, over the last year, the first two weeks, I understood I understood staying home. I understood that because we didn't know. But then that two weeks turned into what? Turned into a month. Well, then that month turned into three months. That three months has turned into this never-ending cycle of, well, we'll just it's just right over there. If we just do this, we'll be over the hill. If we just do this, we'll go back to normal. And you've watched people – like you brought it up to me the other day when you said that the, the, the biggest wake-up point there was when – The United States government, through fear, got Christians to close their churches on the most important holy day of their calendar. Correct. (coughs) That blows my mind. They got them to shut down simply out of fear, simply out of the unknown. And nobody stood up and went, this is wrong. Nobody stood up. 2020 proved how many winter soldiers there are, and how many summertime patriots. You know, it's easy to sit here and bow down to the pressure of the government and say, well, I'll stand up when it matters. If you cannot stand up for the simple things, you will not stand up for the tougher things. Because I hate to tell people this, persecution, trials, and tribulations do not build character. It reveals it. If you will not stand on the little stuff, if you will not take a stand for what is happening right now, then when the tougher stuff happens, you will fail. In the military, they teach that you fight at your lowest level of training, at your worst level of training. If this is training, we fail. (laughs) Abysmally. (laughs) <laughs> Absolutely abysmally. What's that quote? Uh, it's been sitting on my mind. We were talking about something earlier. What is that poem where it was? Um, they came for, they came for the Jew, and I didn't speak up before right. I was not Jewish. Right. They came for me. Yeah. That's that's how it works, and we've literally you can watch it happen. Like history is literally repeating itself in front of us, and you watch it happen with the unvaccinated. Well, I tell people that history does not repeat itself, but it definitely damn sure rhymes. You have the names and places and and people change, but the methods remain the same. They have literally recreated Germany in the 1930s. You have a group of people who are hated and feared and blamed for everything simply because they're not, they not part comply. of the group. Yeah, they don't comply. They Germany blamed the Jews 
for the collapse of their economy, the, the Weimar Republic. They blamed the Jewish people for all of these things. Now, I'm not saying that where we're at right now is equivalent to the Holocaust, but I think the layup is there. <laughs> I mean, it sure sounds familiar. Yeah. Well, think about it, though. I mean, we're, we're at a point where we're blaming the unvaccinated. As that one precious African-American woman said, and she, she got up there with balls of steel and just said it straight to the, the school board. He's like, you're telling me that we have to protect the protected from the unprotected by making the unprotected take the thing that should have protected the protected but doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. The logic is astounding. And anybody who stands up, anybody, it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you are on, anybody who stands up and says otherwise is automatically denigrated. It, they're decried, they're slandered, they're they're listed as as, you know, not a credible source or it, they're just belittled. And they're bullied into silence because we have come to this point in America, uh, we've come to this point as humans, where truth is reality as I perceive it. And when you say something so many times and so many, you know, so many repetitions and so many people will agree with it, that it becomes truth, regardless of if it's factual or not. Yeah. And that's where we've reached. That's where we've reached. And that's where one of the reasons I say <laughs> that summertime patriots are so dangerous. And we've all been guilty. We've all let the little things go. We've done it on little things. Well, it's... And if if you are listening to this and you, you're like, you just don't understand. We understand. We understand how difficult it is to fight every day for every little thing. To prove your point. To stand. We get it. It is a tiring experience. You bat, you beat your head against that wall so many times. You sit here and stand and try to be that bulwark. I am always reminded of the story of the pillar. That the way pillars are constructed. Each man or woman carries the burden of freedom and liberty upon their shoulders. And it can be political. It can be religious. It doesn't matter. You hold a certain weight underneath like a pillar and you feel that you're going to crumble you feel that you're going to fall but you need to understand that it is not just one single pillar that holds up a building that you have friends and compatriots and family that will help ease that burden they sit here and when they need to replace a pillar because it has broken they place other pillars to hold up that weight it should be that way for us. You know, winter soldiers are pillars that hold up society, that draw that line in the sand that says that you can come no closer. But it can be humbling, and it can be painful, and it can be lonely, but always remember that you have, that you have another uh, group of pillars that help bear that weight. So... Uh, I'll take it one step further. I, I want to remind people. Now, we've talked about Winter Soldiers, Summertime Patriots. We talked about the people that fought on principle, that gave up everything and had nothing to lose but everything to gain. And I don't think people understand that 
even though it seems like we're alone, even though it seems like there's so few of us, I need people to remember this nation when it was founded. The war that was for our freedom was fought by 3% of the population, and that included both sides. Both sides fighting for a principle they believed to be true, but it took 3%. Which means no matter how hard that fight is, no matter how much you feel like you're just knocking your head against the wall, you never get anywhere. You just need to remember that all you have to do is reach one person. Because one person will reach out to somebody else. And that person reaches out to somebody else. Well said, too. And well said. it starts spread. You know, we got, to, we got a little off topic here, but we were talking about constitutional rights. And I hope, of, of everything that we've had with this conversation, I hope that people realize how close we are to that absolute authoritarian idiocracy. Call it what it is. <laughs> like, think, I mean, think about it. I mean, we're, 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 we're two years away from watering our crops with Gatorade. And if Attorney General Garland has anything to say about it, it'll be a lot sooner. Oh, that article. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, hold on. Let me bring up the article so we can actually say we covered a news source today. <laughs> Though we can BS with the best of them, I'm just saying. So anyhow, so, all right. The uh, Attorney General, Merrick Garland, wants to sit here and uh, go after parents. He wants to mobilize the corrupt FBI uh, and go against parents who oppose critical race theory and COVID mandates in school. Let me quote him to realize how serious he really is. Threats against public servants are not only illegal, they run counter to our nation's core values and those who dedicate their time and energy to ensuring that our children receive a proper education in a safe environment. Deserve to be able to do their work without fear for their safety. All of you mama bears, all of you people who are out there defending your children against CRT and against the COVID mandate, the government has just declared war against you. They're going to use the FBA, the FBI to shame you, to out you, to dox you, to persecute you, to come after you because you dare question your Lord and Master Joe Biden and the administration. You know how we got to this point? You you would think, you would think we're in America. How did we how did we miss this? And we're to a point where parents cannot go into a school board meeting, which is designed to show parents what is being taught in their school and allow them to voice their concerns. That's the whole point of a school board meeting. Unless that has suddenly changed because they keep co-opting words. But unless that has changed, that's what it's for. How did we get to this point? Because too many people have been taught what to think instead of how to think. People don't critically think for themselves anymore. They just regurgitate whatever they hear. And it's as bad on both sides. Well, public education has never been the has never been the beacon of learning and education that it claims to be. Well, public education true. was designed to create useful workers. That's it. But if you want to fast, if you want to go back, let's go, you know, first one that I can remember that comes to mind very easily is Hillary Clinton. It takes a village. You can't, you, you shouldn't be expected to raise children on your own. It takes a village. 
It is that groupthink mentality. Unfortunately, groupthink is sheepthink. They want on you both to sides. understand that. Yeah, on both sides. I mean, you sit here and we went through 2020 where you had people who screamed up and down about Trump, that God told them that Trump was going to win, that, and it became more about, it became more about Trump than it became about America. And I know. Don't get me wrong. I know. I voted for him twice. Like I voted for him both times, but it came really clear to me. At towards the end of his his first term as presidency, that we had become so wrapped up in an individual rather than the principle, we we created a figurehead, and people stopped following their principle. They stopped using common sense and logic, and they just started following because it's easier to place blame on someone else than accept accountability on your own. Well, what's that thing I always say? Let's not go too deep in this topic. This is our next one. (laughs) (laughs) But you you are correct because people were looking for a messiah. And it wasn't the fact that they wanted to give up accountability. We'll we'll discuss that in the next episode. But for this one, right, they twisted they wanted somebody to be a savior because they didn't want to be a savior themselves. They wanted to use Trump as the shield to take all the bullets and blows so that they can live their happy lives because Americans are how do we have say? become cowards? No, you want me to say it? Not cowards, complacent and comfortable. Wait, they fed wait, wait. the sheep. Odin, I've got it. I'm gonna steal a quote from you. <laughs> all right, here we go. All right. Here we go. They lack the strength of their own conviction. Fair. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I was trying to be nicer about it, but never mind, dear. I'm not (laughs) nice. It's one of I ever sugarcoated anything. I mean, come on. It it comes to that, though. It's that being brutally honest or, you know, having the strength of your own conviction, accepting the accountability of your own choice has become not popular. Don't be mean. it's mean. It rocks the boat. It's it's not socially acceptable. Well, I hate to tell you this, uh, listeners. If you take any phrase that I've said and use it, I hope you use this one. Political correctness is just picking up a turd from the clean end. <laughs> Sugarcoating it never helps. Yes, you get more flies with, with with honey than you do with vinegar, but there are times where you just you cannot lessen the sting, and that's what we've done. We're all guilty of it. We have done that, and I keep saying that you know. Every winter soldier was at one point a summertime patriot. Yeah, there is there is no there is no reason that somebody who loves America and is currently a summertime patriot who's afraid to take a stand can't put their foot down, draw that line in the sand and grave it in stone and call that your bloodline. A bloodline is a point in your life in which you will not back from that that line exists so that the only way that the enemy that whatever you're fighting can cross it is if it is covered in your blood patrick henry give me liberty or give me death yeah and you need to know what that line is you need to know now not oh let me think about it at what point do you say 
Here you can go, but you can go no farther. Is it when they take your children away from you? Is it when they start to forcibly inject children without parental permission? Hold when they on. hold you down? I know, they're already doing it. Is oh, it I was going to say, <laughs> didn't it just happen last weekend? What are you where they injected about? that they injected that whole family. Instead of giving them the flu shot, they gave them the uh, the COVID shot instead. Six months ago, the LAPD was going door to door to vaccinate handicapped children. And nobody said a damn thing. Does anybody forget, does anybody remember the term eugenics? At Population what point, control? At what point do you draw that line and say, I will go no farther? Because unless you have that line... You can never be a winter soldier. You will well, be you'll a summertime never have a stand. patriot. Yeah, you'll be a summertime patriot. Oh, I love America. Will you still love America when it is the person holding the boot on your neck as they inject your children? Is will that you still, still love America the America that popular? you're going to wave the red, white, and blue flag and say, I'm American till I die? At some point, America falls. It's either going to be now or it's going to be in several generations. But right now, we're not te- we have given up the authority and autonomy of our future generations to the government. And you have seen it. And it's not new. It happened throughout history. Prior to the Russian Revolution. Oh, go ahead. Odin, you want to know what terrifies me? It's the fact that I think America will die in the middle of the night. Not with a bang, but with a whimper. With no one to notice and no one to mourn. Because by that time, it'll be too late. Think about it. We've already reached that point. Some people would say that we're already there. (laughs) (laughs) That at what point do you... At what point can you not reverse the course that the country is going in? Well, you and I argued about this like cats and dogs for (laughs) weeks. When we were discussing, you know, at what point is compromise with an individual that hates everything about you and wants to destroy your way of life... At what point is compromise no longer feasible and action is necessary? Yeah. Yes, I lost that debate. <laughs> I hold that in high, high esteem in my memory. Look, I I am one that sits here and I will offer that olive branch and I will I will sit at the table and talk with you until we pass out. And I will give you chance after chance after chance to sit here and to understand, I want to understand where you're coming from. I want to understand. And it was a conversation that I had with someone in an attempt to understand them that I had ultimately realized that you were correct. That they simply want to destroy us and our way of life. And with that, there can be no compromise. You cannot compromise with someone who seeks to see you destroyed. And it was at that point I realized that there is a point at which there can be no compromise. There is a point at which we cannot come back from. When the country is so divided that they're willing to sacrifice millions and millions and millions of their own people and wish them death and wish that they sit here and they lose their livelihood, they lose their homes, that they hope that they get sick and die because they won't take an experimental vaccine, that there is... No compromise. You cannot compromise. You cannot rationalize that type of logic. It is beyond comprehension. 
And we've done it for how long? See, that's the scary part to me. It's been insidious. It's been little things here and there. Tiny things. Things that you don't think would matter. But look at it. We've got media. We've got... Uh, down to the fact where they're arguing. They say they tell us to follow the science, but they can't tell you how many genders there are. Well, like, not even it, that. That's I like, mean, you, you can use it with the COVID. You know, you don't have to go to the LGBTQ. You can stay within the realm of COVID and follow the science. If it's follow the science, how come some people don't get it and other people do? How come some of them are required to be vaccinated, but we're going to give exemptions to others to not get it? Why if do it the was elite so good, not have to get it, but the poor was, man down the street does? I was going to say, if it was really that important to get the vaccine, if it was really that life-saving, if it was really mattering that much, don't you think these people would have already had it? Your congressmen, your your yeah. elected officials, your yeah. rich. They would need an exemption. They would have it. They would have the vaccine before anybody else because the one thing that we know is that the the rich, the powerful, the elite within a society will always have the best. We know this. When it comes to medication, they would have gotten the vaccine. And you saw it when the vaccine first came out. People were like, look, I'm I'm this rich and powerful person and I got it. And people sit here and went, well, that's not fair. How come they get it? We don't because they understand that. But now, as we've gone down the line, now the people who are really in charge are saying, I'm not taking it. When when the CEO of Pfizer won't take his own vaccine, that should tell you something. <laughs> I have a question. And I know this will probably end up in the next episode. But... Walk with me down the rabbit hole for a second here, Odin. The man that is spearheading and, and, and really pushing so hard for the spread of this vaccine is the same man that called for population control and culling the the population of the world. You mean the same man that's banned from the African continent because he gave faulty vaccinations to euthanize people in Africa? That same man? Oh, well, come along, Alice, and let's look through. No, 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 no. We'll do that next episode. <laughs> but no, I don't want to go though. down the rabbit hole yet. But no, think about it, though. It defies logic. It defies <laughs> reason. It defies any rational thinking human. You sit there and you, you look at it and he's like, but it doesn't add up. It doesn't take much. It's not rocket science to figure out that wait, I have to take this vaccine. I've got to take two of them. And then I've got to take a booster every six months after that. And we can go down a different rabbit hole and say that's wonderful because genetic therapy requires every five to six months. But I'm not even going to go, I'm not going to touch that. What I'm going to say is you called a vaccine, but you brought it up the other day, Odin. They actually had to co-opt the word and change its definition so they could call this amalgamation this alchemical projection a vaccine in september 2021 they changed the definition of vaccine to remove the word immunity and change it with protection a vaccine no longer immune uh, makes you immune or stops you from getting it it they changed it said it protects you and that level of protection could change so now 
we have to go back and change the term flu shot to flu vaccine because it's just supposed to protect you. So now it's a vaccine. Just saying. Well, by it's, that definition, I could take a shot of moonshine and call it a, you know, a hillbilly vaccine. There you go. But, hey, look, you know what? I'll take that vax. Look, it, <laughs> it, it's, it's very easy to understand the concept of linguistic theft. When they can have the ability to change a word overnight, and they have, they had, they changed it uh, prior to the election. One of the terms that somebody used, they changed it. I have to go look at the article for it. They changed the definition of vaccine. They have changed the word, the meaning of the word tolerance. Let that sink they in. Changed- Let's take it one step. I know you were trying to avoid it, but I'm just not going to because I'm me and I'm an asshole. So they changed the definition for racism. Yep. It used to be that racism was the discrimination or prejudice against a person or persons based solely upon their membership to a certain ethnic or racial group. Yep. So that means that a white person can be racist, but a black person can be racist, an Asian person, an Indian, any, anyone can be racist. It is the thought of seeing someone as superior than someone else simply for the color of their skin. Yes. And now this, this was my blood mark. We were, we were talking about it. There's a reason I brought it up, and just so you know, I'm not, I'm not picking on people. There's a reason. This was my blood mark when I realized that they were going to change words to fit their definition to justify rioting, looting, and burning criminal activities to celebrate a drummed-up narrative of racial disparity just to get what they want, just to keep the attention off of what they were really doing. No, and When I realized that they had changed it, and they said that now it's the... You, in order to be racist, you have to be from a position of power, or a position of superiority. So only people that are in power can be racist. So minorities can't be racist. They can be prejudiced, but not racist. And and your definition is just wrong because it's old. It, okay, we're going to learn something, boys and girls. It's called a synonym. Which means that they are words that can be used interchangeably because they have the same fucking definition. (laughs) (laughs) I feel accomplished. I got Odin to drop the F-bomb. All right. Now that we've continued that. Wait, wait, wait. I'm not not letting. I'm I'm pissed now. Look, (laughs) racism. Racism is done. And anybody who sits here wants to pull out the, well, you can't say that because you're white. Okay, look, I'm going to bring up the tale of two people, and you can tell me who has, you you can, you know, tell me who has the privilege. Ready? Kyle Rittenhouse goes and is physically attacked, shoots and kills three people who were bad people, by the way child molester, a felon, you know, all of the, you know, felons, right? He killed one, he shot two more. No, he, he didn't killed kill all two. three. He killed two, I think. And, and they blew, blew up the other bicep, dudes. yeah, off of the other one, right? In, while he is being attacked, and I could, 
I could tell you about the details about how awesome that dude was because I watched it on live stream and recorded it, right? How awesome his, his his tactical thinking was, but that's not the point of this conversation. The point of this conversation is he has been in jail and is facing severe prison time. Now, you have this deuce canoe down in fucking Texas who shot four people in a school because he was picked on. Both of them can claim self-defense. And if you want to go the self-defense route, then let Kyle go. And this guy can also be on bail. I get it. All right. I'm okay with that. But that is not why he got released. He got released in less than 24 hours from shooting four people. Let me ask this. Does anybody in the audience, anybody listening, does anyone know the name of this individual? Of course you don't. Because it was not, it's not national news. Why is it not national news, Odin? Because it's a person of color. And it doesn't fit the media's narrative. Look. You have been brought up to believe that there are three branches of government. The executive, the legislative, and the judicial. There is a fourth branch of the government. It is the intelligence, uh, the intelligence facilities and the media working together. That is your fourth branch. And if the fourth branch doesn't see a narrative, it actually is in control of everything. <sighs> Again, that's the next episode. <laughs> <laughs> they are telling you what to think through your little device right here that sits here i'm holding up a cell phone i just realized that we're doing an audio only podcast so they have control of you through your phone that tells you what to think and they don't care if you are believe the left or the right as long as you think the way that they want you to think, they will eventually get you to think the same thing. The let left me, and the let right. Me, let me interject something there. If you think for a second that the left and the right have not been working together, and that the left and the right have not worked hand in hand behind closed doors to facilitate tyranny, to facilitate you know, the ability of Biden to actually say we the people are the government to facilitate the fact that Harris literally said the nine most terrifying words in the English language. We are the government and we are here to help. If you do not think they have not been working hand in hand for a long time, then I hate to tell you this, but you're about to get sheared because you're a sheep. Right. Left and right. Two sides of the same corrupt bird. What What's crazy is that Ronald Reagan warned us about the nine most dangerous words, and then Kamala Harris actually says them. And it's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Did you just see a, like a presidential quote and think, hey, this will be a great idea. Let's use some famous words, not realizing what it meant. I swear, the people who write political speeches type into the Google machine inspiring quotes and then change around one or two words from Wikipedia and go, that is a great speech. Let's use that one. Well, I guess in the midst of yellow journalism, flat out tyranny and 
lies to fit a narrative, I guess we shouldn't really be surprised about plagiarism and... in the age of the age of technology the age of information where you have more information at your fingertips than any other time in history we have more morons and sheep than we have ever had because they don't do their own research and that's what separates the amount of information that the average american consumes per day is more than an entire year's worth of information from somebody who lived 100 years ago. Let that sink in. You are exposed to more information on a daily basis than somebody who lived 100 years ago did in a year, and in some places, their entire lives. You have access to more information. So the problem is not, just imagine, in the future, we'll be able to see her and have portable libraries with us we'll be so smart yeah that was not the problem (laughs) look back to the future lied to me okay i was supposed to have a hoverboard in clothes that automatically fit me instead i'm stuck with some bubble bumbling pedophile and a whole bunch of people that can't decide which bathroom to go into i i want a refund (laughs) <laughs> I will be good. I will be good. This is me. Odin, you are a lot better than I am. I would just say it. No. Well, hell, I already did. <laughs> no, look. I mean, we have work to do, and that is why we started the podcast. So with that, I think that we're about done for today. We'll be back. But this is a quick little intro. To Winter's Call. I'm Odin. And this is Tyr, and I'd like to leave you on one last inspirational quote from history. The tree of liberty must needs be watered by the blood of patriots and tyrants. Fine. You can have the warrior quotes, but I get the smarter ones. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all take care now. The preceding podcast is brought to you by Heimdall, Keeper of the Bifrost.